Hello, this is Nicole, and welcome back to Digging Deeper into Deviance. And today, Mawa, Dylan, and I will be discussing a book by the name of The Other Westmore. The character is involved in the relation to a theory called subculture theory. Let's talk a little background on The Other Westmore, and more importantly, subculture theory. Starting out, I want to pose the question of how do you think subculture influences lives and the deviance among juveniles? Think about that question and we will come back to it later in the podcast. There are two stories we are focusing on in this podcast. One of those stories is of a highly educated African-American man named Wes Moore. The other story is of an African-American man who struggled all his life, named Wes Moore. Both men have the same name and were influenced by the culture around them, however. Their lives turned out completely different. Dylan will go on and tell us more about their lives. First, let's start with the author Wes Moore's life. He was born in Baltimore, Maryland, to his parents where he lived with two sisters. When Wes was young, his father died of a health complication. Due to his father's death, his mother decided to move Wes and his siblings to the Bronx in New York, where Wes's grandparents lived. While living in the Bronx, Wes Moore was surrounded by crime and drug influence. This is also where he met his best friend, Justin. Justin influenced Wes Moore to skip school, which then caused his grades to drop, leading his mother to send him to military school. Nicole will now talk about how the military school influenced Wes's life. When Wes first arrived at the military school, he was hesitant to follow the rules and even tried to run away. However, as Wes gained more responsibility at the school and had teachers believing in him, he started to thrive. His anger that he had in his life slowly started to disappear. At that moment, Wes felt like a brand new person with a purpose for his life. During his time there is also when he found out about the Rhodes Scholarship. Mawa, can you tell us a little more about what a Rhodes Scholarship is? A Rhodes Scholarship is a prestigious award given to students to study at the University of Oxford in England. It was established by Cecile Rhodes and for many years was alone given to Caucasian people. However, in recent years, that has changed and the award is now open to any race. Wes went on to graduate from the military school and serve in the Army. After the Army, Wes decided to go back to school and attend John Hopkins University. At John Hopkins, Wes applied for the Rhodes Scholarship once he was done with his degree. Wes was accepted and received the scholarship, becoming one of the first African-American men to receive the scholarship. Wes then continued after the graduate degree to work on Wall Street for a small period of time. He then went on to serve again in the Army. When he returned to the United States, Wes was accepted into the White House Fellowship Program and continued to speak at events and write his story after reading an article about the man with his same name. Wes became invested in the other Wes and even went on to visit him in prison several times. Now that we know the story of the author, Mawa will now discuss the story of the other Wes Moore. The other Wes Moore grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. With his mother and his older brother, Tony. Wes's father was a drunk who never was really in Wes's life. Growing up in Baltimore, Wes was continuously around crime and gang-related activities. 
Even Wes's own brother was involved in the gangs. Wes also grew up with a best friend named Woody. On the hang out with Woody, his friends were out his school years, which only lasted until Wes was in the eighth grade. After eighth grade, Wes dropped out to join the gangs, selling drugs on the streets. He also got into many fights during this time as well, and even got his girlfriend pregnant as a teen. Wes struggled with being a parent due to his lack of a father figure at home. During his time selling drugs, Wes got arrested after trying to sell to an undercover cop. This would be the third time Wes got arrested, the first being when he got into a fight, the second for shooting someone. Wes's life path from there only went downhill until he decided to join a program. Mawa, will you tell more about the program? The program the other Wes joined was called Job Corps. Job Corps is a program for struggling people where they go to live on campus and can get their GED and training on blue collar jobs. The other Wes joined this program for his now two kids and loved the campus. He exceeded, got his GED, and swore in the training he received. However, after Wes left Jobs Corps, he only earned minimum wage, causing him to go back to dealing drugs. Wes then went on to participate in a jewelry store robbery where an officer was shot. Both him, his brother, and the other two guys he was with were now on the run and wanted by police. Eventually, both Wes and his brother were caught and sentenced to prison for life. While in prison, the other Wes received visits from the authors since they shared the same name. Now that we have some background on the two stories of these two men, we will go on to discuss a theory known as subculture theory. Subculture theory is the idea that smaller groups are naturally formed within a society where different values, norms, and morals dominate. The problem with this is that these subcultures are almost always full of deviant behavior. Subculture theory was founded sometime in the 1950s by a man named Albert Cohen. Cohen believed that most juvenile offenders are part of a delinquent subculture. Subculture theory in many ways is also connected to deviants and juveniles. Deviance is considered straying from or deviating from the normal behaviors of society. Deviance mainly is in reference to juveniles' behavior. Along with subculture theory and deviance in our two stories, drugs and gangs were mentioned multiple times. From an article written by the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Program, I read that some children, like the other Westmore, are born into gangs, and it becomes the subcultural norm to accept the gang behavior. Mawa, can you tell us more about how this is seen throughout other Westmore's life? Yes, I can. On pages 70 through 72 of The Other Westmore, Tony Wes's brother comes home and is furious with his little brother. Tony had found out that his little brother was involved in gang and was selling drugs for them. The same gang that he himself belonged to. Wes had always looked up to his big brother and decided that since his brother was a part of the gang, that he wanted to be a part of it too. So he joined and accepted their culture norm of selling drugs for money. Another example from the two stories is on page 80. The author, Wes Moore, and his friend Shay decided to tag or graffiti the building they are sitting next to. The author describes it as a good idea because he loved to do it and because everybody else the author knew was also tagging this building. 
The last example from the two stories that we will touch on today is from page 111. The author wrote on this page about Wes's gang crew. He explains how within the gang and drug circle, everybody has a role to play with different sets of responsibilities. Also, he describes how important every single person is within the gang and how they are like a support system or family to one another. All three of these examples lead back to subculture theory. The first leads back to subculture theory because of how Wes was surrounded by the gang, subculture through his brother and by looking up to his brother. Wes adopted the values, norms, and morals that both his brother and their gang had, which was mainly about selling drugs. Second example leads back to the theory because it explains how it was a norm in their area of the Bronx to tag or spray paint that building. Because they enjoyed it and it was an accepted norm in their small community, they decided to commit a deviant act. This act can then be tied back to the risk factor of youth committing juvenile deviance, which is a cultural norm supporting their juvenile deviant behavior. Finally, the last example from this story connects back to the subculture theory because of the responsibilities and support system, which displays that the cultural norm and value in the gang is everybody doing their part and not messing up anywhere, or the whole group suffers the consequences. These roles that the people in the gang play, like the other Westmore suggests, are in part influenced by the risk factors for why youth join gangs. Most of the youth people within the other Westmore's group had the presence of the gang in the neighborhood and had cultural norms, as mentioned previously, that supported this gang behavior. Lastly, we feel as though this information should be spread to everyone. There are programs set in place that can help to deter and prevent delinquent behaviors such as this. Oftentimes, once a juvenile is exposed to a gang, their involvement happens very quickly without some sort of intervention. Programs such as GREAT can help teach young children as young as elementary school important life lessons. This program is implemented in schools all across the United States. GREAT stands for Gang Resistance Education and Training and teaches things such as decision-making, communication, respect, family involvement, crime, gangs, etc. for all different ages. The goal of this program is to help set children up for a life of good decisions and success and to prevent and reduce crime in the community. final concept I want to connect to you in this podcast today is the question posed earlier. The question was, how do you think subculture influences the lives and deviance of juveniles? After listening to the podcast today, I hope you understand that these two stories we shared explain how subculture influences people's lives. Some, like the author, for the better, and others, like the other Westmore, for the worse. Every single person has a different story and is brought up in different subcultures. However, the subculture around them does not have to lead their lives or actions if they don't want it to. Thank you, Mawa and Dylan, for joining me today for this podcast. Tune in next week to hear more from Digging Deeper into Deviance, where we discuss juvenile delinquency from all around the United States.